everybody. Welcome yes. back. This is Inside Fitness Radio presents Total Fitness Podcast. My name is Matthew. And I'm Walter. And today uh, we're fortunate to be joined by Matt O'Day. Uh, he is a trainer uh, from south of us, south of me anyway. Um, and uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, Matt? Yeah. Well, first, thank you guys for having me. Appreciate it. And, um, you know, just excited to be here today. Hopefully you can share a lot of my lessons and, you know, experiences that I've had, um, I'm a stage 3C testicular cancer survivor. Um, and, you know, I went through a lot of health issues, but, um, you know, using my health journey and a lot of other things to really help rebuild myself, um, it's been a, lot, a massive part of my life. And hopefully today I can just share the lessons, the experiences that I've learned along the way to um, help your community in whatever fitness journey they're on, because uh, that's just been a vital part of my life for the past, you know, 10 years, um, you know, whether it be cancer or just helping people as a uh, personal trainer as well. So um, yeah, a little bit about myself. I am currently 31 years old. I'm from Cleveland, Ohio. Um, and at the age of 24, um, you know, I was... So we're going back to 2016. Now, I was probably the healthiest version of myself. Um, you know, I was working out six, seven days a week, I was eating the right foods. Um, you know, for anybody in the health uh, field, I was counting my macronutrients, so your proteins, your fats, your carbs, I mean, I was doing the whole shebang. And um, to be honest, the last person to probably ever think they're going to get sick was myself. And, um, you know, as the summer went by, um, you know, I started to notice these minor back pains. And, you know, as a 24 year old, you're just going to shrug that off and be like, okay, I probably was doing deadlifts or something like that, you know, and it was, you know, probably um, something to do with that. But as it continued to get worse and worse and worse, um, I was dating my my wife now, but current uh, girlfriend at the time for only a couple couple months. And she was like, listen, Matt, you need to you really need to go get yourself checked out. You know, it seems to be getting worse. We can't even do these summer activities that we've been normally doing. And still, stubborn me wouldn't go get checked out until one day um, I was over Lauren's house, which is is my wife now, um, and I ended up puking up blood. And basically, uh, I got rushed to the emergency room. They had found out that um, after doing a blood test, I had lost around two-thirds of the blood circulating in my body. So, what had happened was basically for weeks before um, I was having like issues with bowel movements as well. So it wasn't just that one instance where I lost all that blood, but I, once again, just showing how stubborn I was at 24. So immediately they gave me six bags of blood. I went in and they thought it was an ulcer that was causing the bleeding. So they went to an emergency surgery that day. And I remember waking up the next morning and um, at the time it was just me and my parents and I could tell the doctor walks in. I thought I was ready to go home at, you know, at that point. And um, I see this blank stare in his eyes and he walks over to me. He sits down and he goes, Matt, we found an 11 centimeter tumor in your small intestine. Um, we know it is cancer. We just don't know what type yet. And right then and there, um, you know, my life completely changed forever. And um, I just remember you know, looking over at my parents and nobody else knew the news, of course, at the time, except for us three. And I was just like, instead of breaking down or instead of like, you know, um, being willing to ask for help, I thought that being strong and holding in my emotions was the right move for some reason. And um, I want to go to share with anybody who's listening right now that if you're going through a tough time in life, whether it's your own health journey, whether it, you know, you are have a like, whether you're trying to lose weight or whether you have your own health journey, such as I did, don't be afraid to um, express your feelings to somebody that you can um, know, like, and trust. Because for me, where I thought that that was my weakness, that ended up being my strength when I finally was able to reveal how I truly felt about the situation and how I was able to finally do that was a few days later, I was then taken um, to, you know, they, they couldn't even find a hospital bed at the main Cleveland clinic, which is one of the top hospitals in the United States. So eventually they got me over there. And when they did so, that's when they did tons of tests on me. And they found out that I had the highest stage of testicular cancer. When they did that, that's when I had friends and family start flooding in. And finally, um, Lauren, she she arrived that day. And this she's just a massive part of my journey. So I, I kind of talk about her a lot. But she finally arrives. And I'm thinking, we've been dating for two and a half months. And she's probably going to, you know, either break up with me or, you know, I don't blame her for not wanting to have to be a part of this crazy journey in such, you know, short time. But she was the total opposite. breaking down. 
finally sharing what I was going through. And it was almost like a baggage released off my shoulder. So, well, finally, they ended up giving me um, five rounds of what's called BEP, which is really intense chemotherapy. You know, we can dive into any of that stuff later. But um, I went through that, ended up losing my hair, super fatigued, um, dropped down from 185 pounds to about 140 pounds in a matter of three and a half months. Um, and, you know, I I was kind of like, I felt like I was almost a shell of myself. And, you know, not only was it physically draining, it was mentally draining as well, because I started to um, have, you know, body image issues. I started to feel down on myself because of that. And, you know, when I finally finished that, I'm like, okay, I think that, um, you know, I'm finally on the road to recovery. I'm ready to go, you know, to the next steps. But this is where it actually gets really challenging in my life. They end up saying, okay, Matt, will you finish the chemotherapy? But the problem is, is we end up, we ended up finding out that the chemo worked, but your tumor has not completely, you know, left your body. And it is unfortunately wrapped around what's called your inferior vena cava. And now your inferior vena cava, from what my understanding is, you know, I'm not a doctor or anything, is a central vein that goes from the bottom of your upper body to your heart. They said, we're going to have to do a 12-hour surgery to remove the tumor. And we're going to have to have about four surgeons involved. Now, we don't know the complications or anything like that. Well, long story short, <clears throat> I get the surgery done. And I have my body, what goes into what's called compartment syndrome. And compartment syndrome is basically where your your, your organs and, and everything starts to shut down. So um, just a, a week and a half later, my body completely shut down. I had kidney and liver failure um, from the surgery. And what they had done was they'd opened my stomach up from my left hip to my right hip. And basically going into that surgery, like I said, I was 140 pounds. Coming out of that surgery, the first surgery, I was close to 200 pounds. What had happened was my body completely swelled up. And um, it, I think it just went to some type of survival mm -hmm. mode. So they ended up having to drain seven liters of fluid out of my stomach. They ended up having to drill a cone inside my head to relieve potential brain swelling. Um, I had a catheter in my chest and in my neck because they thought I was going to be on dialysis the rest of my life. And I ended up falling into a two-week non-induced coma. Long story short, throughout all of that, I was in the ICU for over 40 plus days. I was in the Cleveland Clinic for over 53 days. I ended up having five major surgeries in a matter of those 53 days. A week out of my coma, they go to take out one of the catheters in my neck. I have what's called an arrhythm heartbeat. I go into cardiac arrest. They have to literally do six minutes uh, to seven minutes of CPR on me to bring me back to life. I go back to another one-week coma. And then throughout this whole entire period, um, I have to completely learn to walk and relive my entire life again. From 200 pounds coming out of that first surgery to 53 days, I dropped down to 110 pounds. I was basically like a skeleton. And um, this is where my health journey comes into play. You know, I realized that, um, you know, not only learning to walk, but I, I had to gain all my strength back. I had to rebuild my mental fortitude. I had to, um, you know, do so many more things and, and just to learn to, um, you know, kind of rebuild that strength. And from years, uh, I would say probably close to two years, it took me to, really rebuild my strength from, um, you know, picking up two and a half pound dumbbells and doing bicep curls to literally, this is how I learned how to walk. Um, you know, from the first steps I took, it took two weeks in the hospital from four nurses to bring me from my hospital bed to sitting up and then finally bringing me to standing up and then finally bringing me to, to walk again. And what really gave me that push is when I was out of the hospital, I would have two lawn chairs about 20 meters away from each other in the driveway. And I would literally get up, I'd walk to that lawn chair, and then I'd sit down, contemplate life a little bit, walk back, and then sit back down again. And eventually, I would just move that lawn chair a little bit further and a little bit further. And next thing you knew, I was out of the driveway, I was into the sidewalk. And um, one day, I remember telling my dad, I said, don't even bring the lawn chair anymore. And that was a massive shift in my life. And, um, you know, two years, of course, of rebuilding my life, um, you know, I, I finally was able to then take all my experiences, take all my lessons um, and, you know, um, everything that I learned and start helping and, you know, trying to inspire others. But I'll tell you right now, um, you know, and we can go deep into all this. Um, it was a massive mental hurdle to even share my story. I had so much self-doubt. I had so much PTSD. I had so many things, um, limiting beliefs that would hold me back 
from even sharing my story because I didn't know if I was even worthy enough to do so. And the number one thing that helped me was surrounding myself with like-minded people that would inspire me and push me to become the best version of myself. And that's why I want to tell people on their own health journey is um, surround yourself with the right people. And unfortunately, sometimes it may not be friends or family. It may have to be somebody outside of that group that is on a similar mindset and path as you that can help and inspire you on the days that you are feeling down or the days that you don't feel like you can go any further. I promise you, um, they will help you get to that next level. And finally, I was able to do um, motivational speaking where I've got to speak on stages across the um, country. I've done podcasts across the world. And um, I've also uh, now been doing online coaching as well, where I help um, not just cancer survivors, but survivors in general who've gone through challenging moments in their lives and are looking to rebuild themselves mentally, emotionally, and physically after whatever they've gone through. And I know that since it was such a vital part of my life, um, I want to give back to them in the most powerful way as well. So that's uh, that's kind of the cliff note of my my journey so far. And, um, you know, sorry, I, it was kind of a long story, but we can dive into everyone. <laughs> no, by all means. I mean, no, that's it's just a great story. incredible. Yeah. Like the first thing I, I, I do want to dive into, and I'm sure because Walter and I kind of, we, we did read your story, obviously, and we were going through your Instagram. So just confirm, it's been six years now that you've been cancer-free, correct? So, correct, yeah. Awesome, yeah. Um, but man, the biggest thing for me is just going into that mental fortitude, rebuilding and all that is just, I think perspective for a lot of people is just one of the toughest things when it comes to a survivor story, a, uh, you know, overcoming obstacles and overcoming those hurdles. How did you actually wrap your head around all of that and building up that fortitude again, because that's just insane what you had to go through. Yeah. Um, great question. So I'll tell you right now, I had my very down days too, where I did not think I was going to make it. I did not think I was going to go any further. And I will, I will say this, there's three massive things that have been vital in my road to recovery. Number one, I will say, and I don't push this on anybody, but is my faith, you know, mm -hmm. um, being a Christian, I just, um, I'll share a really quick story if it's all right with you guys. Of just course. Like a yeah, yeah. Story. Okay, cool. So when I was in my coma, um, my two week coma, my mom, who is, you know, very faith based, she held three prayer services where what I was told had hundreds of people go to my local church, pray for me. And what I was also told was thousands around the world. They said they had prayer groups from like everywhere around the world, just praying for me. And then you had my parents and Lauren who would basically never left the ICU room. And what Lauren would do is she would come up every day. She would hold my hand and she would just pray for healing. And um, they had no idea when or if I was ever going to wake up. And literally on the last prayer service that my mom hosted, as they were praying for me at the church around the world, Lauren was also praying for me. She was holding my hand and all of a sudden she felt my hand starting to move and started to feel that I was waking up. And she didn't even know if it was real. So she rushed over to the nurses. They didn't even necessarily, not they didn't believe her, but they didn't even know. So they rushed over, got the surgeon. And finally he um, said, I was finally waking up. And to me, um, it just goes to show uh, whatever you can say, it's a coincidence all you want. But like, for me, I know the power of prayer um, for anything in life, but for my sake, at least um, has been a vital part of of my journey. So that is my, my faith based part. So anytime I've gone through tough trials, things like that, um, praying and, and asking for guidance, because um, it can be a very, very, very lonely journey when you are trying to recover or do something big with your life, um, you know, because you may not get the support all the time. Um, but for my sake, I did luckily, and the prayers, they they really did, uh, they really did matter. So that was number one. Number two um, was the knowledge that I gained through, I would say, my, my health background, meaning um, your greatest investment, and you've always probably heard this, your greatest investment is in yourself. You can get the, you can get assets taken away from you. You can get money taken away from you. You can get a lot of things taken away from you. But the one thing you cannot get taken away from you is your mindset and the things that you learn. And what I will say with that is when you learn something in your life, um, 
it is the most powerful thing because as you go on in life, you gain more knowledge, you gain more experience, you gain more lessons, and it allows you to push yourself forward. And if it wasn't for me already having my, um, you know, health background and being healthy, I truly don't know if I'd be here today because I went through a heck of a lot. And for me, when I was in that recovery stage for those two years, the lucky part about me was I was able to use that knowledge to help push myself forward. Now, when it comes to the mental hurdles, though, um, I always say this, there's a little saying, I say, everything in life happens for you, not to you. Now, what I mean by that is you can take the most challenging, unfair situations of your life, and you can look at it two different ways. You can say, why is this happening to me? Meaning making excuses, becoming the victim of that situation, which is very easy. And I did that, which I had to rely on my faith. And then my third one, which I'll talk about in a second. Um, or you can start to say, you know what, I understand this is fair, unfair, but you know what, there's also other people in life that also have unfair circumstances as well. And what is the lesson I can take from this to not only become a better version of myself down the road, but use it to inspire and help other people. That's the mm -hmm. key. You want true happiness and true fulfillment in life. It's taking what is meaningful to you or something you've overcome and then using it to transform other people's lives. And for my sake, it took a while to be able to get to that part because I truly believe in order to be selfless for others, you must be selfish for yourself first. I Meaning you have to take care of yourself first in order to help others. So mm -hmm. it was that was number two. And then number three, like I, I, I'd already kind of talked about this, but it is surrounding yourself with those right people to help you because there's there's days where you're not going to be able to fight your battles alone. I, that is my one big thing I tell people is if you try to fight all of your battles alone, you are never going to be able to truly and fully um, heal throughout the process. So really, it, it was my faith, my experience, the lessons creating the best investment, which is in myself. And then number three was, um, you know, surrounding myself with those right people, um, you know, during that journey. And I will tell you this, too, when I went to um, it was a different group of people from when I was healing to when I wanted to do something with my life. I'll tell you right now, mm. um, I had a lot in. I'm not bashing any of my my family or friends because I had a lot of support along the way too. But there were some people in my life that were questioning, Matt, you just went through all of this. Why are you trying to do something that um, maybe they couldn't see themselves doing with, them, yeah. with their lives? And for me, I had to drown that out. And really, for me, it was joining other groups or, um, you know, relying on the people who did support me in that in that area and, and um, drown yourself out of the people that may be negative or just don't understand the process. 100%. So yeah. that's kind of uh, the whole journey. Yeah. Sad thing is a lot of those people think they are actually helping you. Mm -hmm. They just don't realize that that's not what you need right now. But, you, you know, we, we can molly coddle. I can't believe I used that word. <laughs> Someone who's been ill, or we can say, okay, come on, let's go. Let me help you. Um, mentorship is incredibly important. And coming from someone, for me, uh, I have gone through my health issues, mostly mental, um, but the people who help me, we teach each other, we help each other. And, and it's incredibly important to, to pay back um, for what I'm grateful for. You know, and I, I appreciate definitely that. Oh, no, I, I, you know, a hundred percent. You know, I, I think you have to, sorry, my dog is going crazy back here. <laughs> All good. Um, so she just knocked the, the, <laughs> all right. So, um, but yeah, Walter, I completely agree. You know, we, for me, um, I, I appreciate every person in my journey for what they've been a part of, you know, and I think that at the end of the day, um, I, th I think you have to realize um, how grateful you are to have those certain people in your life. And and for me, um, you know, uh, I, I have a lot of stories, but this is just a story of, of me and Lauren, um, we met on St. Patrick's Day of 2016. Um, I was diagnosed in August of 2016. And throughout my whole entire journey, going through everything, um, I was in the ICU, uh, for 40 plus days at hospital for 53 days. The day I was released from the hospital was March 17th of 2017, exactly one year from when we met. It is a very awesome. special day for us. Um, but it also goes to show uh, for my sake, you know, I felt like it was God putting her in my life for a reason. And that is the true power of who is in your life um, that has helped you along your journey. And, and I think sometimes we can take them for granted. And mm -hmm. uh, I just want to let anybody listening today 
um, know that if you are listening, let that person know what they've done for you. Because just by even saying, hey, I just want to reach out and say, thank you for, for helping me with X, Y, and Z. That will make their day so much better. And it'll also make your day better. As well. That's true. Yeah. I mean, there was one thing you did touch on in, uh, you know, your three, um, uh, your three points there. And one of them was, it's this idea that Walter and I, when, whenever we're talking to a new client, or just we've said it multiple times on the podcast before is, it may not be your fault that you're in the position that you're in, but it is your responsibility to make the best of that situation. And that mentorship and that group of people that do help you heal through it and can help you become better and help you grow through that whole experience <laughs> and get you on your own journey again, it's so incredibly important, right? Yes. The, um, the funny thing is, um, you, you were mentioning again with, you know, certain people are put into your life for a reason. I mean, I've had my fair share of mental health and health issues. And one of them was, I was just like you, I was stubborn as hell. I was, what was it, 19 or 20? And uh, I was going into uh, what's basically called uh, AFib, atrial fibrillation with your your heart. Your heart's going at over 180 to 220 beats a minute, right? I was stubborn, so I left it. And I just was like, ah, it's fine. It will go away. I'll sleep it off. And thankfully, my uh, girlfriend at the time was actually that person who pushed me to get into the hospital. Cause I was about 12 hours away uh, from dying. If I had let it, if so, if I had went to sleep, I would have been having a stroke and I would have died in bed. So it's very important to have that gratefulness of those people that have been put into your life or that come into your life. Even if they aren't necessarily at the time, you think they might just be, you know, somebody passing through, or maybe they're not the right person, but overall it, it does come down to, yeah, you do really have to, be grateful for anybody and everybody that comes into your life, whether they hurt you or they did a good thing for you, because that's how you grow and become more experienced through this whole journey. That is life, right? So true, man. Wow. That's a powerful story. I'm I'm happy you're doing well. Uh, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, 100%. Everything that um, you have to look at everything as a lesson, good and bad. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, honestly, I've learned more through the tough times than I have through the good times, yeah. you know, to be honest. And I think a lot of people can attest to that. It's, you know, we may be afraid of the unknown. We may be afraid. And I think that's a lot of the reason we don't want to go get checked out because, you know, a lot of times we think we're invincible. And also we don't want to, you know, go get checked out because we're afraid of what what could possibly happen or whatnot. But I'll tell you right now, if you don't go get checked out or if you don't go and just be proactive with your health, you know, I'm not saying that you're going to get cancer or in your sake, you know, potentially, you know, have a have a stroke or anything like that. But what I am trying to tell you is that um, being proactive with your health and going to get yourself checked out, even though maybe scary a time getting blood work or just getting results in general, being on top of it, if I would have been on top of it, and if you would have been on top of it, it would have been mm -hmm. a little bit easier of a journey for us <laughs> in, in the process. You know what I mean? Exactly. And um, that's why I try to tell people just stay on top of it. Mm -hmm. um, and, and don't be afraid to just, you know, ask questions or, or reach out by how you're feeling. And I always give it, I say that, the, you know, and it can be sooner than this, but I give the two, two week mark. If there's something that's going on in your body, that's super abnormal, that's lasted over two weeks, you need mm -hmm. to go get yourself checked out, period. Just go get yourself checked out. So. And you mentioned too the preventative measure, which is obviously again we're all trainers, and that is honestly, I'm sure, uh, partially the reason you've gotten into this as well is making sure that people know a what they're capable of, and b making sure that they don't have these health issues. Again, maybe not something that's unavoidable or something that's genetic, but um, you know stuff that is avoidable. We want to help people get through that, and. I, I mean, we were chatting just before we started recording and why don't you go a little bit into everything that you're doing? Cause it's absolutely incredible what you're doing right now. I appreciate it. Thank you. Um, yeah, you know, I think the reason I do what I do too now is so much more meaningful after, you know, everything I went through, but, um, yeah, I'll give you a lowdown of what I do. Um, I'm motivational speaking, um, you know, from actual speaking stages to podcasts. Um, I also do, um, online coaching where I help other cancer survivors and survivors in general who've gone through challenging times in their lives and helping them rebuild themselves mentally, physically, and emotionally. That is my business that I'm working to get to full-time, but I'm also, as my job as well, I am a wellness instructor. And what a wellness instructor basically entails is I work for a company with roughly around 400 employees. And my whole objective is to create a fun and healthy atmosphere for all of our employees in the company. So a, cool, a couple of cool things we do for them is um, about four years ago, 
I would had the luxury of building a 3000 square foot gym in the company. And on top of that, we offered 20 plus hours of free personal training to all of our employees at the um, at the workplace. We do weekly uh, sorry, monthly wellness events where we either bring on a nutritionist. Um, we bring on like meditation. We brought on, on like sound healing, things like that. Um, we do biometric screenings, which is blood work to check out like your cholesterol, your blood pressure, your um, blood, uh, blood sugar, things like that. Um, you know, we do that every single year. We do a health, um, health fair where we bring on vendors, everything you, you pretty much, you name it. And, um, the cool thing is, is, uh, it's, it's helped with productivity. It's helped with culture, which when you're, you know, when you're growing a business or you're doing anything, um, you know, related to employees, I think having a culture is, is key and vital to an environment, um, less sick days, and um, you're just also like getting people to that would not normally maybe talk with each other, uh, get to know each other from different departments and things like that. So it's a really, really fun and cool job. But I'll tell you right now, after everything I went through, the health industry now for me, um, helping people, um, whether it's in their workouts or building um, healthy, um, you know, nutrition plan, or just helping them through the mental aspect. It's just, it's just so much more important now for me, because mm -hmm. I realize how precious life truly is. And, um, you know, for a lot of people, you have no idea what they're actually going on in their life. They don't, maybe they're not going through cancer or anything like that, but you have no idea what's truly going on behind closed doors. So mm. to me to just be hopefully a light or to be a positive influence, and I know you guys are for your clients as well, um, in their day to, you know, a lot of times I, what I notice, even though I'm pushing them and helping them be healthy, sometimes they just need to get things off their, their chest and they just want to talk to me. And I'm like, I'm, I'm open. You know, if you want to talk to me, I'm totally open. I'm not a therapist by any means, but I'm just, I know that it helps them mentally, yeah. physically, and emotionally mm -hmm. through it. You know, I'm not here. I'm, I'm going to tell them right now, I'm not your therapist, but if you just want to talk to me, I'm here to, to just talk with you. So um, that's kind of everything I do. It's, it's mm -hmm. very um, fulfilling. And I know what you guys do is it's the same thing. It's, it's so fulfilling to help and, and, see a change in somebody's life, whether it's actually physically or to mentally have them come in and be like telling you how much better they feel, whether they are getting off of anxiety medications or learning to cope with certain mental health issues, things like that. Mm -hmm. I like Absolutely. how you, uh, you say the, again, we're not therapists, but I think one of the most important things that people just in life tend to forget is Everybody has the ability to listen. And a lot of the time people going through a lot of stuff is just, they want somebody to listen to them and you're providing that service basically, and you're doing a great job at it. So, you know, it's, it's something that I just wish pe more people would understand is we all have ears and, you know, knock on what we all can hear well enough. And, you know, even when it's tough, you know, it's, it's just, we all need somebody to talk to and somebody that sometimes never gives advice, just can listen and you talk through your own stuff and figure it out on your own mm. through just having somebody listen, right? But um, one, one question I wanted to ask regarding everything, the mentality before when it came to training and, you know, just your own personal training in regards to your health journey, as well as how you coached people versus now, like there must be obvious changes but why can you go a little bit into that because i'm very curious as to how that works yeah. yeah um i would say i'm probably i'm a little more empathetic now with a lot of my clients i guess is the right word um <laughs> i wasn't saying i was this mean hard trainer but um I, of course i still push my clients but i try to understand um you know more about them than just a, a book or what I learned. Mm -hmm. You know what? Before I would say the first three to four years before I was diagnosed with cancer was kind of like okay, I have my personal training certification. I have specific workouts that I do. It was kind of like a regimen routine. Where now I've learned that everyone is so different. Mm -hmm. Everyone needs something different in their life. You know whether you, you know they need to be pushed really hard or there's some clients you try to push them really hard, they're not coming back to you. So you got to realize that. Where there's other clients where you're like okay. Let's kind of feel the room out. Let's see where they're at. And you can push it and amplify it a little bit each more. Or there's one that just comes in. It's like, give me whatever you can. Let's go, you know, balls to the walls. And I'm like, all right, you know, obviously I'm not going to kill you, but I want to just like, I know where your, your levels are at. So for me, it's being more empathetic and learning where each client's at and where they're willing to go to. Cause not everybody is willing to go to the levels that you want them to go mm -hmm. to, you know, you, you know what they need, but sometimes 
if you push too hard and too soon, you're going to push them away. So for me, it's reading a room now, learning more than just textbooks and things like that. Your best experience is just the more clients you get, the more you understand them, the better it'll be. And um, I think that's been a huge part of my client's journey. Um, For my journey, um, I was like super hard and strict on myself before cancer. Like I was telling you, I mean, counting macros every single day, um, you know, working out six, seven days a week, um, you know, and, and it was good. There was nothing wrong with that at all. But now I've learned to um, also enjoy myself a little bit yeah. too, you know, and, and um, you know, while also still being healthy, I don't really, I haven't really counted my macros. There'll be times where I'm like, Hey, I'll, I'll, I'll go onto my fitness pal or I'll go onto somewhere and just kind of look for like a week or so just to see where mm. I'm at. But um I don't really do that too much with myself anymore. If there's a client that's like really strict and dedicated, I'll help them like through that aspect of it. But um, that's just for myself. And I've enjoyed the process a little bit more. Um, You know, it's easy, I think, to get burned out if you are just so, so hard and strict on yourself sometimes. So it's like, um, I I find that balance. That's just for me, though. There's some people that I know that are like, I'm going to be super strict. I'm always going to use my fitness pal. And that's what helps them get there where other people um, are kind of in that, that balance phase. So for me, um, you know, if you want, I can tell you exactly what I did to go from 110 pounds to now 185 pounds where I'm at today as well. I can give you a little bit of my journey. Yeah, no, absolutely. But did you have something to say, Walter, or? No, no, I'm I'm just blown away. I, I I think it is important to, to, you're basically talking, you're holistic. Now you were just a gym guy before teaching gym stuff. But now you're pulling all this other information in and looking at the client. I think for me, when I first start with a client, they tell me what their goals are. And about three months in, I find out what their goals really are. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what it's all about listening to them. I love that. That is so true. You know, um, that's that's the key, man. You're absolutely correct. Because usually what they say their goals are, I want to lose 20 pounds. Why do you really want to lose 20 pounds? What what's the real yeah. meaning behind this? And you find out, you know, um, you know, they 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 feel like they're letting their spouse down or they feel like um, you know, they can't do the activities with their kids or grandkids mm-hmm. that they've always wanted to do and it's really affecting them mentally. Um, they look in the mirror and they see something that every day they get depressed looking at, things like that. There's a lot more you're you're absolutely right, Walter. Um yeah. so a hundred percent. Um so yeah, so so what I did basically um, to heal myself was, you know, the first, so really the first week and a half out of that hospital, I was basically, it felt like I was on my own. Because when you're in a hospital, you have nurses every hour on the hour, especially with my case, checking my checking my blood pressure, checking, um, checking in on my vitals, making sure I'm doing my physical therapy two times a day, um, all these things. And it was strenuous, it was hard. Finally, I get out of the hospital and I'm just like, I have a nurse maybe coming twice a week. Um, I have my parents and and Lauren, but they have to go to work and things like that. So for me, I'm just kind of on my own and I start falling into that victim mindset. I start, you know, making excuses, not wanting to do the stuff that I knew that was already helping rebuild my strength. And a week and a half in, I end up going into the hospital, kind of like not, not crazy as the symptoms as yours, Matthew, but my heart rate was at 155 beats a minute. Um, Mm -hmm. My blood pressure was like 190 over, you know, almost 100, over 100. My temperature is at 104 degrees. My body was just completely breaking down. And um, I spent a whole week where they had to bring all the vitals back down. And what the conclusion came to was, Matt, this isn't like, oh, you you have a choice to go on this health journey. This is life or death on your right. on your health journey. And for me... It was almost like a rock bottom situation. You know, what I always tell people is rock bottom is not a bad place necessarily to be. I just want to let you know this, that sometimes in order for us to make a massive change in our lives, we must hit that rock bottom situation because guess what? There's only one place to go from there. That's (laughs) That's true. So for me, um, that is when I started doing the lawn chair exercises. I started to grab Mm -hmm. two pound dumbbells and just doing bicep curls and I started to eat too. Food is your energy source. Food is fuel. You need to be able to eat. If you're trying to lose weight and you're, and you're under a thousand calories, you need to talk to one of us. It's just, it's not okay. <laughs> you're, you're killing your body. Your body is not yeah. going to get to where you want to be. 
Um, for me, I had to start adding some calories slowly, but surely I started doing things that was easier to eat, like smoothies. Um, right. I started having like, like easily, um, digestible, um, substances. And as I was getting the calories up, then my energy source was coming up so I could walk further. Mm-hmm. I could then grab five pound dumbbells. I could then grab 10 pound dumbbells. I mean, I couldn't even lift anything over my, I couldn't even lift my hands over my head for the first two and a half months because I was so weak and so torn down. Um, but eventually as I kept going and every day I said, what is one small step today to help progress me to my big goal? And my big goal was to say, Hey Matt, I just want to get back to a healthy version of myself, 170, 180 pounds. I have no idea how long it's going to take. So I say have a big goal, but have micro goals yeah. in between. And for me, those micro goals was just one small step a day. It's called winning the day for me. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I, as a guy, so I'm also in the entrepreneurial field. So I follow this guy named Andy Frisella. Some people hate him. Some people love him. Um, he's a He's a very inspirational guy, but he can get very like tough at times yes. too, but yeah, you probably know who Andy for some yeah. can be very, very standoffish to some people. And for some people you resonate with them. For me, I do resonate with them, but it's it, one of his concepts was called winning the day. Mm-hmm. And what it means is if you can win five out of the seven days, that means you've won the week. If you can win three out of your four weeks, that means you've won the month. If you can win seven, eight out of your 12 months, guess what? A year from now, you're going to be a totally different version of yourself. And that was me. I just said, I understand I'm going to have down days. Remember, I didn't say when you went 12 out of 12. I didn't say when you went seven out of seven, you're not yeah. going to win every single day. It is trying to just keep the promises you make to yourself. So when you say you're going to go do something today, don't let your inner um, weak voice or don't let your excuses get in the way of you doing what you promised yourself you'd get done today. And it doesn't have to be a grand task. It can just be something small to help progress you, yourself forward. That is what helped progress me. It took a you know a year to kind of rebuild my strength. It took two years to really get myself back to where I needed to be and mm-hmm. feel comfortable with myself because I had a lot of, talk about body image issues. I went from 185 pounds to eight months, 110 pounds of literally unrecognizable. If you saw yeah. any pictures, I mean, non-recognizable. And um, now today I'm I'm back, I'm healthy and more inspired than other um, than ever to to really uh, make an impact in others. lives. Absolutely. That's such a major point that you touch on of winning the day and understanding that it's not a lot of people come to, especially in the field we in, they, they come to us with these massive goals that they have in mind, 20 pounds of weight loss in a month or you know i want to be for the wedding yeah right yeah yeah. oh i got funny (laughs) i know (laughs) so it gets to this point where we really do almost have to break down this false sense of success that society's kind of instilled in us like if you're not doing this massive thing you failed because you're absolutely right i tell my clients all the time it's called the rule of thirds where one third of the time you're going to feel pretty incredible you're going to feel like you're on track with everything one third of the time, you're just kind of going through the motions and it's, it's kind of just, okay, it's good. It's, you know, meh, whatever. And one third of the time, it's going to feel pretty crappy. It's going to feel like shit. And people don't understand that that's just life in general. Like you're going to have these massive ups and downs and, you know, five out of seven days, what, what is that percentage wise? Almost 80 something percent, right? Like you're, you're already on track. Like you don't have to be a hundred percent. Nobody can ever be a hundred percent. And if they are, you know, even these guys you we all look up to, like the David Goggins of the world, the Jocko Wilkins, you know, all these like massive figures, bigger than life figures that we admire, they all say the same thing, that they have their bad days. They have the days where they had to overcome so much stuff. And it was just tearing down these, these obstacles and walls one small step at a time to be able to build out this massive staircase that they're able to climb now. Right. So it's I love how you say that, because, and that is something that you do really instill. It's it's incredible. Yeah, I, I want to say, I love, oh. I, oh, you're good. Did you have something? Walter, you're good. Oh, OK. I was just going to say it, it comes back to doing the thing that's the hard thing, the bad thing you don't want to do, getting checked, doing the work. Even if I don't feel good, I'm still going to do it anyway. Um, our thing is, is motivation. I don't have any motivation today. We'll just do it anyway. Mm-hmm. Do it as though you have motivation. Do the hard thing. Make the hard choice. Um, or you'll be left 
living the hard life. You know, if you don't make those choices, everything will go down. Entropy occurs. Um, yeah. So I think all of this is important stuff that has to be gotten out to people. Yeah, you were yeah. about to say, sir. Oh no, you're good, Walter. You, just like you said, you're not going to have motivation every day. You want to know what's going to give you that motivation? It's just like you said, is when you are done with the hard tasks that you didn't feel like doing, your motivation is going to go through the roof, or your your uh, mental fortitude. I mean, and also Matthew, like what you were saying, mm-hmm. in order, you know, like we, you, the guys you look up to. Trust me, they were in your position not too long ago where they had to, like you said, they had to build those layers up. And you, you see them doing these amazing things and they still have bad days. But what why they're able to overcome it is because they've they've laid the foundations yeah. down years after years of hard, hard work to then have that fortitude to be able to push forward on those hard days. And that's just like, you you just haven't built those layers yet. It's going to take some time. It's going to take patience. Just like somebody who's in an addict, those first couple weeks, those first couple months are brutal. An alcoholic, a drug addiction, you are feeling absolutely awful. But guess what? After three weeks, you start to feel a little bit better. You start to, especially if you're going to your, um, your sessions, if you are surrounding yourself with the right people and you're building those layers. And then as months go by, you're building those layers as years go by. And then when years go by, you don't, there's going to be days you don't even think about. There's going to be months where you may not even think about it and you'll get to your anniversary and you're just going to be like, wow, I can't believe I let myself get to that position four years ago. Um, But you didn't realize that it was, you built the layers now so that you you can, you know, have that strength um, to where you're at. So just know in your journey or whatever journey you're on it does take patience it does take time but those layers are what's going to allow you to become the absolute best version of yourself absolutely the last thing i wanted to touch on was uh you you did mention obviously when you were going through your i guess you could call it a build-up phase when you were out of the hospital and you were trying to rebuild the the mindset shift is such a massive thing because again before and you already did touch on this a little bit before you are going into this life's good i'm you know this would never happen to me everything's feeling really good and i i'm on my i'm on track and you were counting your macros and i mean walter and i we did the same thing we were bodybuilding right so it was super strict for years and years and years and then health issues on my end and uh I can only talk for myself, but health issues on my end, including the heart issues for years and kidney issues for uh, for a couple of years, it was that's what made me start realizing like, oh, man, this is this is not serving me anymore. And again, we did already touch about uh, talk about this a little bit. But when it comes to how you were able to, again, make that shift, did you realize that the cert like was it even serving you to be in the position you were back then or do you ever look back at it and you're like i can't believe i was kind of living like that or did you do you still look at it like i needed that to get to this point um that's an awesome question no one's ever asked me that um i would say that it i'm i I wouldn't regret doing it because it did teach me a lot of lessons along Mm -hmm. that way of like um, yeah, when you see guys that I'll tell you right now, when you see guys at five uh, percent body fat, they don't stay there very long. And if they do, it's not healthy for them. Um, you know, it takes a lot of depletion of your body yeah. to get to that. You know, when you see these guys, you'll see these guys on Muscle Magazine, and mm-hmm. you'll see like the bodybuilding shows and stuff like that. Go look at everyone in the fitness industry or the the bodybuilding industry knows who Sebum is. Um, yep. You know, um, trust me. Really? Go now, I promise you, he's big, he's awesome. But even he tells you that like, it's not healthy to get down to that yeah. weight. It's not healthy, but he he does it because it's his passion. It's his dream. It's his, yeah, you know, exactly. loves it. But for 90% of the year, he's not like that. Um, So I would just say it was a time and place that taught me a lesson. But now I just focus on quality foods instead, stuff that's going to yeah. actually help my health. Also, I know a lot of unfortunately, a lot of bodybuilders, you look at, um, you know, look at uh, uh, Ronnie Coleman, for example, he um, mm. look at him now, he destroyed his body, he wouldn't regret it, because that was his life. And that was his passion. And he loved what he did. But he just kept going and going and put himself to the brink. And then you yeah. look at like, you know, Jay Cutler, now he's healthier now, because he's, he's yeah. really taking care of his body. And it's like, it's a transition, man. So yeah. I guess there's a time and place for everything. But for myself, I've just realized that the quality, especially after cancer, I mean, with yeah. my life, like, I, 
I just realized that the quality of foods that I'm eating and things like that um, is so much more important than having this perfect, perfect physique. You're still going to have a great physique. You're still going to um, feel good about mm -hmm. yourself as long as you're eating quality foods, but you're not going to such an extreme um, yeah. unless you are a bodybuilding show, unless you are um, doing this to actually as like a career, something that you're passionate about. Um, I see, you know, I, I would just say live a healthy um, life to where you are feeling your body's feeling good, your mm -hmm. vitals are good. And, um, you know, you're not absolutely killing your body. Yeah, well, I think that's it. At the end of the day, fitness is about it's not to me, it's no longer about aesthetic or how good you look or any of those points. It's do you feel good? Are you stronger? Are you growing as a person every day? You know, even if it's only that 0.1% of mental fortitude and building that consistency, that's all fitness is to me now. It's it's that lifelong thing. And, um, you know, especially coming from somebody like you talking about this, like I do really hope the people listening are able to really kind of grasp that concept because it is, you know, when you go through something that hard and, you know, for people who haven't, it's it's not necessarily we can be sympathetic, but we can't be empathetic. And we don't necessarily know, you know, every little detail that obviously played in your mind with all these sort of things. And, and to hear somebody say one thing and then listen to their story, that's incredible. But I do truly think that everybody kind of has to grow, go and grow through these issues on their own. Like everybody has these reasons why they get into it, the reasons why they stay in it, and then the reasons why they may shift their mindset to be that healthier version. And I wish it wasn't that way. I wish people didn't have to go through these traumatic events. And, but sometimes, like you said, you got to hit, uh, you got to hit rock bottom because the only way is up. Right. Exactly. I mean, as an addict, I'm, I, if I had not hit my bottom, I would not have this life. I may not even be alive. So rock bottom was an absolute necessity for me. Um, as yours was to build this new life that you've got. Um, I have a question though. I want to go yeah. a little deeper into the guy thing. Yeah. Um, a, I had no idea that you would feel it in your lower back. That thank you. That's a lesson that I think should be shared with. Yeah, all and this is great you're bringing this up. Yeah, keep going. You're good. But also, um, how did that hit you emotionally as a male? Um, yeah. Guys are afraid to get checked. They're afraid to to even think about that because can't happen to me, right? Mm -hmm. So how has that affected you? I'm so glad you brought that up because I didn't touch on this point. 90, over 95% of testicular um, patients are going to get symptoms in their testicle. This was one sign where I actually did not have a symptom in my testicle. If I did, usually what happens is you have either an enlargement or you have some type of lumps or things like that. That is why I'm saying it's so important every year to get yourself checked out, get a physical as a male or a female. Um, for me, it was the back pain, which was super weird. The only way they were able to figure out that it was testicular cancer is they did an ultrasound, which found that it had originated in my testicle, but the cancer had spread to my, my back. And the reason why I was having such back pain was because the tumor had grown so big that it was hitting nerves in my back. And that's what was causing so much pain for me. Um, and just like you asked, Walter, mentally, it, it, men... I, women are so much better at this at sharing their emotions. We are just like, for us, um, we're kind of a closed book at times for a lot of us because it's society almost has perceived us as you are weak if you are sharing something that is vulnerable to you. And I'll tell you right now, the biggest impact I've had in others' lives was sharing my vulnerability, was sharing what I went through, sharing my massive scar that I have. I have this huge scar that I'll never go away. You know, I mean, it's it's been a part of me and it's been really draining on me. I'm sharing that, listen, I was broken just like you at some point in my life where I didn't think I could go any further. Um, and I'm not afraid to ask for help. I'm not afraid to say that I, I use my faith. I'm not afraid to say that I could not do this by myself. Um, and that right there, is what truly allowed people to feel like they weren't alone. Because for a lot of us guys, we feel when we're going through something tough in our lives, whether it's a breakup, our health journey, um, you know, finances and our job and our career, we feel like nobody can relate to us. Nobody, you know, it's just us. And I want you to know that is not true. You, there are other people 
that are willing to try to help you, that are willing to try to, um, you know, get you through this. And I'm not saying go out and share it to the world because I didn't do that. And I don't recommend that. That can, you know, but what I do recommend is, like I said before, start with somebody that you really trust in your life or a group of people that are in a similar position as you and just just start by sharing one thing at a time. And I promise you, it will feel very relieving in a lot of ways to feel that you're not alone. Absolutely. No, that's incredible. Excellent. That's incredible. Thank you. As always, we um, we always like to finish off our podcast by asking one question. And, you know, it's going to be difficult with you because you've already given us so, so many things. Um, but basically what we always ask our guests is, Take 30 seconds and, you know, just a quick little, you know, what would one piece of advice to all of our listeners, what is one thing that you could say to them right now that they could leave off this podcast with that would hopefully make a great impact on them? And we are really putting you on the spot here. I know that, but take some time if you need to. But uh, yeah, what would you say? I'm good. So I have an acronym and it's called HOPE. Help one person every day. In the power of helping one person is don't ever underestimate it. I learned it from a man named Jim Quick. Um, If you don't know him, go look him up. But what it is, is by you helping one person, whether whatever field it is, giving them that knowledge, they can then take the knowledge you gave them and help two, three, four, five others. By the time you've helped five people, you probably actually subconsciously help 20, 30 people. By the time you help 100 people, this is the power of podcasts, power of sharing your stories. You could have helped thousands of people. So hope, mm-hmm. help one person every day. Don't ever underestimate the power of helping one person. It will bring true fulfillment. It will bring true happiness into your life. And remember, you must take care of yourself first, and then you can use it to inspire and help others. So yeah. um, that's my 30 seconds. Hope that's incredible. That was great. <laughs> I Thank really you. love that, man. Yeah. I, again, Matt, like, thank you so, so much for coming on here and sharing your story. That's Obviously, you know, there is so much more that we could dive into, but honestly, I think we touched on a maybe lot of we will at a later date. Hopefully. <laughs> I, I love it. This is awesome. This is a, such a fun conversation. I'm I I thank you, Matthew, and thank you, Walter, as well, for having me on. Such a great time. Awesome, man. Yeah, no, we really do appreciate it. And uh we will have your uh your Instagram guys. So anybody who's listening, if you want to find Matt, his Instagram is down below, his links are below. So you can go check him out, check out his website. And uh, basically, yeah, that's that's it. Thank you so much again, Matt. As always, guys, any questions, any concerns you have with the show or anything you want to talk to us about, by all means, hit us up, comment below, send us some questions. Please go check out Matt. His story is absolutely incredible. And, you know, again, thank you, Matt. And uh, as well, guys, stay safe. Stay breezy. Take care. (laughs)